Hey girl, how's it going? Great. How are you? I'm doing so good. I'm just so grateful to have you on here. Um, and yes, girl, I'm just so grateful to have you on here. Um, I wanted to bring you on because I felt like, especially after we had, we had, you know, a little, I heard you speak at an event. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this, this, she's like, she's just amazing. And, um, yeah, I followed you on social media and I just loved everything that you represented. Um, so can you just tell me like, who is Tahoya? Tell me your journey. Tell me how you got started in your business. Tell me, yes. Tell me everything, girl. Definitely. So Tahoya, I would say, um, is a woman who helps superwoman save herself. That's my superpower. And it took me a lot of different business ideas and a lot of heartbreak and hurt to get here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in 2018, I started Hey Girl Hill. So I'm the founder of Hey Girl Hill, which is a mental health awareness movement. I am a single mother of two for this season, in this season, for right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am... <laughs> I feel like I'm the healing homegirl. Like I want everybody to heal. I want everybody to become the best version of themselves. I have a great sense of humor. Like I love God with everything that I am. Um, And yeah, I just want to be great. And so that's who I am. And so I push people to become the best versions of themselves within the mindset coaching that I do and within Hey Girl Heal. So yes, that's a little about me. Um, I started Hey Girl Heal literally um, about five months after I broke off my engagement. Um, but I actually broke out my engagement like five to six months before I was actually going to walk down the aisle. Mm -hmm. Um, and one thing that I realized a lot of women said, you know, in the midst of them congratulating me was also, um, you know, I'm proud of you for doing that. or I'm happy for you doing that, but I wouldn't have been able to do that. And so I've always been a nerd. I've always been into all things, psychology, how the brain works, how the mind goes, um, and so that was what really prompted me to start like mindset, like research and mindset, learning mindset, because I, what I discovered is that there's some type of limiting belief <laughs> that a person has to have or a mindset block that a person has to have if they agree to staying in a relationship or an environment or a place that is no longer conducive to where God is sending them and where they're going. So that's how I started the mindset coaching piece. And I have Saving Superwoman Academy. Um, But that's about a little bit about both of them, though. No, I think that's amazing. Um, And like you said, like, (laughs) who who has the courage to literally call off a wedding? Yeah. Like, you know, um, and that just shows like your bravery that shows the amount of like how intuitive you are in yourself and of what you, you know, what wasn't serving you at that moment, you know, you know, just, it just shows the level of courage that you had and the faith that you had in yourself and in God, like I'm going to be good. You know what I mean? Like God's gonna, he has me like, you know, this is not going to be the end of my story or the end of my love story. Like God has something so much greater for me. So, you know, me stepping out into out on faith and having the courage to walk away is literally amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Amazing. So what, uh, what does your morning routine look like? girl <laughs> so I get up super super early. I wouldn't say it's really really early but um so I wake up at 5 a.m um and the reason why I wake up at 5 a.m is b- before the kids get up um so I can actually have quiet time to myself during this time I actually first I do a brain dump <laughs> because my mind is always all over the place and so yeah. before me spending time with God I'm like, okay, let me get out the things that I'm thinking. So I won't be distracted from being fully present with God. And so during the time, um, I worship, I spend time with God. I write in my Hey Girl Hill journal, small plug. Um, <laughs> but one thing that I also do is I ask God for direction. I feel like um, before I started my entrepreneurship journey, I really didn't do a good job of asking God for direction because I knew what the day was going to look like. Um, when I was working my nine to five, but with entrepreneurship more so, I asked God for direction. What is it that you want me to focus on? Who do you want me to connect with today? How do you want me to support these specific people today? 
Um, and then if I have additional time within that 5 a.m. to like 6.45 range, I like work on a, like a few business tasks that don't require me to do much thinking. Um, but more so, it's more about me having quiet time and spending time with God. So that's usually what my morning ritual looks like um, before I head out. And, I mean, before I wake up, I mean, get, wake up the kids and get them ready for school and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you say that um, you have like a brain dump, like you get in that that space where you're trying to get clear, get your thoughts clear before God. Cause I know sometimes like with me waking up or whatever, um, sometimes it can be like distracting with all the things that we had on our minds a lot, the, 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 the previous night or what we were dreaming about or whatever. Like we have all these thoughts moving and all, you know, just our, our minds are racing. Right. And so I think it's really good and intentional how you say, like, I, tr- like, I clear my thoughts. Like I literally just release my thoughts. I, you know, put them down or whatever the case may be and release them so I can get focused and getting intentional with spending time with God and then just being clear and being present. I, I love that. Yes. I really love that a lot. Um, So what is superwoman syndrome? Definitely. So superwoman syndrome is a lifestyle. And I like to focus on the word lifestyle because it's a lifestyle that um, where women feel that they have to do it all and show up to have like, as they have it all together, the desire to be perfect, the desire to show up for everyone else and put the needs of others before their own. Um, that is what superwoman syndrome really is, um, doing it all, um, trying to have it all together and basically not prioritizing themselves in the process. Yes. And so like, how, um, how do you say, especially being an entrepreneur or do you feel like it's different when you're an entrepreneur, uh, versus like, you know, someone who has a nine to five, um, their schedule is kind of set, you know, versus you know someone who is a business owner wearing multiple hats and maybe don't even have a team at that moment right so you're the accountant you're the social media person you're the marketing person you're the sales coach you're the everything and then you also have to be also have to play these other roles in your life mommy wife you know friend you know all these all these different roles and so have you not have you, but what are some things that you would say is like different or how can we really like release those different, like trying to be superwoman? And is it wrong to even say like, I don't want to be her today. Like, I don't want to have to, you know, have all these roles today or these responsibilities. I want to just be able to just be present within myself versus me trying to do and be everything to everybody else. Does that make sense? Definitely. Oh yeah, it does make sense. Um, and it's interesting that you said that because majority of my clients are either first generation entrepreneurs or they're first generation business owners. Mm. Um, and so they are transitioning into this new phase of life where it doesn't look like anything that they've seen before. Um, and there's stress in that, um, you know, coming out of corporate America. I feel like a lot of times with black women in corporate America, we, we are forced to be superwoman. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I say that is because we are in an environment that <laughs> um, we have to strive a little harder. I'm going to put it in that context. We have to strive a little harder to mm-hmm. keep our jobs, to be promoted, to, um, you know, break the glass ceiling. Yeah. And so every day we wake up, we put this cape on and we're like, okay, we're going to go into this environment and do the best that we can, right. but we don't pay attention to the extra and added weight that it, it weighs on us, like in our, the rest of our lives, so our mental health, our physical health and different things like that. And that's the same thing with entrepreneurship. Like, we don't have a manual to tell us or show us what entrepreneurship looks like. Like we're the first generation, like we're stepping out here doing this thing on our own, or, you know, even if you're not first generation, like this is still um, a, a role in a business that you have, you are responsible for running. Um, And that's why I always tell people that healing is very fundamental because when you step into entrepreneurship, like you realize why you're being the salesperson and the marketing person and and the customer service agent, that there are some things within myself that I need to work on, (laughs) you know? And so that's why I really say healing is very fundamental. Um, But also some things that women can do is like find the root, like be honest with yourself. I'll take that back. Be honest with yourself. Like, how are you really feeling? A lot of times we use the excuse, oh, I'm fine. 
I'm fine. You know, oh, it doesn't bother me. But we are really hurting on the inside. So being honest with yourself about how you're feeling. Um, If you're overwhelmed, say that you're overwhelmed. Like If you are stressed out, say that you're stressed out and get that help that you need Um, because you staying stuck and you staying stagnant and stressed out does not help anybody, does not help you, your family, your business or anything or anyone that you're connected to. So first is being honest with yourself. That's really good. I, um, I was just talking um, to someone about like how like a lot of times like we don't have a manual on being an entrepreneur or a business owner, right? So giving ourselves grace and mercy that like this is all new, this is new territory, right? So you even like stepping out on faith and getting into this space where you're making money in your business, where you're able to substitute your nine to five income with your business. You know what I mean? Like, that's so amazing. And so I think a lot of times, again, like we don't give ourselves like the grace and the mercy um, that I, I obviously, that I feel like God wants us to give ourselves, because if we're not in that space of feeling like we're, what we're doing is well, or what we're doing is like, you know, like when you don't feel good about what you're doing or how you are or whatever, then like, I feel like, um, certain things come to you in like, in that way. Like if I feel good, good things are coming. If I feel like bad or worried or frantic, I'm literally projecting that energy out there. And so like, that's coming back, like whatever you, whatever you, um, so you reap. Right. And I feel like that as well as, you know, obviously in tithing and all that stuff, but also too, in like the amount of like, whatever you give, like that's, you know, we're in like, whatever you give, if that's you gossiping all the time, somebody talking about you too, you know, if you are, you know, trying to, if you're instilling love and care and peace and all those different things, that's literally going to come back to you because you're literally sowing that into the, into the world Mm -hmm. in a sense versus, you know, um, you know, yeah. So, um, when have you experienced being superwoman? Oh, <laughs> I would have to say many times, but I'll give about three specific ones. So um, growing up, um, I was raised by my mom. She's a single mom. Um, my father wasn't there. Um, and so I was raised in a single parent home. But one thing that I realized is that I developed the desire to be an overachiever mm. um, to make my dad proud. So as a kid, I realized that when Tahoya is being honored, when Tahoya is in these activities and doing an amazing job and getting the winning spelling bees and performing in UIL, right. dad shows up, right? And so I lived my entire life like, okay, well, if I do a great job, then my dad will show up. So I tied my performance to my dad showing up, which created an overachiever in me because nothing was ever good enough for me. So I kept striving and striving and striving for different things. And so growing up in school, I will always be, you know, when they put you in teams, I will always be the person doing all the work. I'm like, y'all, I got it. I got it. I want to pass. I got it. Right. Uh, but so the second key thing, um, I was a, actually a senior in high school. Um, so that was 2007, I believe I was a senior in high school and my little brother, um, my dad's son passed away from pneumonia. And so I was working at Whataburger at the time. And there was just a lot of family jib jab going on. And so I actually like spent my check and bought him like a headstone and a footstone at 17 years old <laughs> for his grave. And so I looked, I didn't think anything about it then, but me looking back on it as I grew up, I was like, girl, like that was not something you were supposed to be doing at 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of gives me, I mean, a, an illusion and a visualization of being superwoman at such a young age. Wow. Uh, and then the last one, nope. The third one I would say is being becoming a single mom. Um, I feel like it's just us. So we have to uh, wear, <laughs> we have to handle everything, which causes us to wear this cape, right? Until you fully identify like, hey, this superwoman syndrome does not work for me. Let me figure out how to find my own balance for my family. Let me find out how to give myself grace. Let me find out how, you know, what works for me and my family, um, that it took me a while to get here, but I know when we first entered that role as being a single mom, it's like kind of like a survival tactic. Like we're like, yeah. okay, well, I have to get this thing done. My kids only depend on me. They don't have anybody else. And so our mind is telling us, okay, we have to go, go, go. But like you said earlier, like God gives us that grace, like right. yourself grace. And then the last one, like I spoke about earlier would be being a black woman in corporate America. Like <laughs> I feel <laughs> like that was 
where the superwoman came out of me a lot because I worked in my last position for like seven years and I was the only African-American there. Um, And so until I reached a point in my life where like I was depressed, I had a nervous breakdown. And that was when I realized that like being superwoman was no longer a role that I wanted to take on ever Mm -hmm. in my life. (laughs) Wow. Oh my gosh, girl, you just literally hit the nail on all those. Um, I'm tripping. I got chills when you said that you freaking, I'm sorry. You you bought the headstone of your of your brother at in high school? Yeah, I was working at Whataburger, literally. I think I was making like six feet. You know, that was way back in the day, girl. Like, yeah, I but, but I feel like <laughs> the level of like responsibility mm-hmm. and like your way of thinking at that at that age. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Yeah, my mind was like, he did de- he deserves to have this, you know. And so it was like, okay, oh unless he's gonna get it, I'm gonna go out and get it. And I feel like that's the mindset of a lot of women. Like if no one else does it, I'm gonna do it, you know. And we beat ourselves up. We're like, some of us are way too strong <laughs> and we're pushing people away, which we definitely talk about in Saving Superwoman Academy. But yeah, it goes to show you like the things that we were taught, like the being strong and to put everyone else before us, how it kind of shows up in like our regular program schedule. That is good. That is so good. And I think too, I love how you, um, this is so funny. I was literally, um, who was I talking to? Uh, I think it was my boyfriend. So Mm -hmm. I was like, um, in that transition of like having to do majority of the things on my own and then having someone's help felt so unfamiliar. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And then even too, like how you were saying, sometimes like we can be like super strong, too strong for it. And then we kind of like, um, have people, we run people away. Cause it's like, girl, dang, you can, okay. You're doing everything. You paying for everything. You need no help. You need no support. You're good. And so it was, uh, it was, uh, um, I think I was, I was trying to take down like a TV or something and this TV weighs more than me. And he was like, um, I guess because I asked and he didn't do it when I said like mm-hmm. to do it. And I was like, it's okay. I got it what no you don't I literally I can literally see that but I'm gonna try I'm gonna do it like I don't care if I'm struggling I'm I'm gonna get it done regardless and so in that moment I got convicted because it's like who are you like who are you proving that to what are you trying to prove first of all are you like what are you trying to prove that you can do all of these things you know the mindset that many women have is to be strong and push through like if you if you know like and but that's like we're now we're in the space of being we're surviving like Mm -hmm. we're on survival mode versus like i'm actually present like oh i really don't need to do that oh it's you know like you know like it's we're in that space a lot of times i feel like because of our history like we we tap into that i gotta do what i have to do type of mentality and a lot of times we do, but then there's other times I feel like God is like you in order for you to break those chains, break those generational curses, you're going to have to show up differently. You're going to have to do things differently. Right. And so we're not in that space anymore where we have to do certain things, but we're still trying to like, we're still putting on these, I can do any and everything by myself. And then just imagine like the people that we're, like you said before, like we're, we're not, we're pushing them away in a sense. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And um, listening to you say that, um, I feel many of us were taught um, do it yourself because Mm -hmm. people won't show up for you or do it yourself because people will want something in return. And so we, we are out here just (laughs) literally, are like not paying attention to how the weight of doing it all mm-hmm. has on our mental health and our physical health and even our goals. Like we have these big goals and dreams and desires, but we're so busy doing everything else that we don't have the capacity to actually succeed and to learn and to invest and to get the knowledge that we need to accomplish those goals. Um, and so definitely, I totally understand what you're saying in that magnitude, but it's just a normal response that most women have is like, okay, I got it. You, you know, as opposed to just sitting back and be like, oh, okay, well, he'll get it later. You know, one thing that I feel we don't know how to do, many of us don't know how to do is to accept help. We have the help, but we don't know how to fully accept it because it's like you said, it's unfamiliar to us. Yeah. And I want to touch on something because um, that just reminded me of, um, of something, um, how you were, Jesus, give me the words to say, um, basically like, we, 
Ah, uh, Jesus, this has been happening. Lord. Um, I'm not like, girl, Lord, give me remembrance. Um, how, oh, okay. I know what it is. Okay. So, you know, growing up, right. My mom taught me how to be like independent, right? Like you have your own money, blah, blah, blah. Like you don't really depend on a man. Even if you're married, you still have your own bag coming in, in a sense, right. You still have your own stuff coming in. And so, um, I was having a conversation with, um, again, boyfriend. And so I had listed like all of my like goals that I wanted, right. Super, super like intense. And it's just like, these are the goals that I, that I myself want to do before I get married, because Mm -hmm. if I don't accomplish them before I get married, then it's like, I didn't make it. Or I like, like my worth isn't equated to the things that I've accomplished in a sense. So basically I'm over here saying like, I want to purchase my, my, my certain amount of properties before I get married, because that's going to be like, I did this by myself. And it's just like, why do I want to do these things by myself? If there's someone there, even to like a friendship, right? Like if we have the same business idea, why are we going outside or trying to do it ourselves versus, you know what, we actually could do business together. Um, you know, we'll have contracts and stuff, but like, why do I feel like we, I have to do it by myself. And I think that's one thing in our, like, um, in our culture is I want to shine or not even shine. I want to do things by myself because I don't know. I, I know if I do it myself, like I can count on me versus counting on someone else. And I think too, like, um, just being in different like groups and, you know, collaborating with different like races and all those different things in their culture, it seems as though like, oh yeah, I can de- delegate this to you. Oh yeah. Let's like, let's start a business together. Like there's no, there's no, um, second guessing or limiting, like that person can't, you know, hold their own weight or that person is not qualified to do the job. It's like, I need to do this myself because I guess I want to make sure that it's, and I, I feel like that's probably like a control freak or whatever the case may be, but just making sure that, Hey, this is my idea. I want to make sure that it goes to where it needs to go or it needs to, you know, however it looks, but then also having, um, not being able to really kind of put other people in the mix too, or collaborating with other people or just trying to do other things as well. Because I feel like the, when you have obviously more than one person, you, you can do multiple things versus as you by yourself, you're only limited to that one person. Mm-hmm. And to touch on that, you mentioned worth um, competition. And I think the answer to all of that, as I was sitting here listening, is that um, we've been programmed to believe that our worth is tied up in how we show up, how we help others, or how great we do in life. Mm. So that's, we, so just go back to where I was at um, with my father and, and, and doing all of these things for his approval and for him to show up. I was seeking validation from my father. Mm. So the same thing with our work being tied up in how we show up. So, and how we help other people, we're seeking validation from either people or we're seeking validation from basically all of these are people because how great we do in life, who, who can, who gauges how great we do in life. Exactly. If we're perfect or not, but as I, I, hopefully this doesn't sound the wrong way. Um, within our community, like you said, different races, they can come together, they can collab, they can do yeah. all of these different things. But I feel like a lot of us, we seek validation as, like you said, like I did it by myself. Like we have that mindset of like, I got it out the mud. Like I am the one who made this possible. And as Christians, we have to realize that mm-hmm. God is the one who makes everything possible. Mm-hmm. Right. And so maybe that person that you're turning down or don't want to work with, that's probably the person that God sent you, sent you to actually help your business thrive and to flourish. But we're so selfish that it's like, OK, well, I'll spend six years doing this on my own, as opposed to me putting my pride to the side to actually work with somebody who can take my business to where it needs to be within six months. Woo! Right? So one thing that we feel is that we don't um, I wrote it here while you were talking. We don't want to let anyone in to see our flaws or our processes. Right. Because. We know that, okay, this is my business, which makes me feel like I'm good enough. But if this person takes what I know, maybe they'll do better than me, right? Or maybe 
uh, they'll see something within my business that I'm doing wrong and they'll tell everybody else. And I, if I'm a person who has a people pleasing mindset, I don't want people to know that I'm not doing my taxes in my business or I'm doing things the wrong way in my business. So all of this goes back to uh, people pleasing and validation and how other people see us, right? Because we are a very materialistic generation. And so we want to want people to see us for what we have on the outside as opposed to what we have on the inside. So they're kind of all ties together as far as in response to that specific feeling and storyline. So sis, tell us how can we remove, how can we get out of that? Trying to please people, trying to, um, just try, I feel like, yeah, because I feel like once that, once the micro, okay. Okay. Let me say this as a Christian, right. Like you said, um, it's not about me. It's about him. Right. So in my business, I like, I literally ask God, like decreasing me, like I, I'm going to decrease you increasing me. Right. I want you to use me. I'm your willing vessel. Right. And I think sometimes too, um, we, or I'm just speaking for myself can get very, um, into doing or performing to make, to, for people to see that I'm doing this, right? Like I'm making money in my business. And so in order for you to see that, I have to show you in a way, right? It's like, I need to get validated saying like, what I'm doing is okay, right? The, the business that I started is doing well, but I need to make sure that I show you that I'm doing well, right? Like, but why do we, why do we care so much what people think or like their perception of us so much that we will do the extremes and sacrifice time, sacrifice our health and just doing the crazy things in order to do it by ourselves or to, like you said before, like all you were talking about, like you having someone come into your business and helping you, but you're afraid that people may, you know, see your business in a different way. Like you ain't buy your taxes or you ain't actually organized as you portray yourself to be, or you ain't got it together as, as you portray that you have it together. You know what I mean? So you'll rather sacrifice your time, sacrifice your health and spending time with your family and going like this, the freedom, right. Which is pretty much why we got into being an entrepreneur, right. In entrepreneurship. So we're literally sacrificing all those things to be seen a certain way. Why is that? And how can we break that girl? I, I feel like I'm in a therapy session, but tell us what we can do to change that, per, that, that perspective that we have and that limitation of those thoughts that we have. What would you say? I would definitely say I'll touch on because uh, what you said were, was basically people pleasing and then perfectionism. Yeah. I feel that people pleasing is the root of people pleasing is basically um, at one point in life, somebody told you, or showed you that your voice didn't matter. Mm. Um, or there was a time in your life where you let yourself down and now you can't trust yourself. So maybe there was a decision that you made mm. and you feel that, okay, I don't trust my own decision. So I'm going to continuously ask other people, what do they think of this? Or I'm going to just basically go with what other people say. Um, and so as a person um, who's been um, you know, taken advantage of sexually before, there was a point in my life where I felt my voice didn't matter. And so when a person feels like their voice doesn't matter, they go out asking other people for their advice. <laughs> like, what, what should I do? Because I don't trust myself or I blame myself for even losing my voice or allowing this to happen. And so we have to um, develop that stamina again, which I feel we develop the stamina through healing, right? Finding the root of the issue. Like, where was it at? Where, where at this point in my life was, did my life change? Where I felt like my voice didn't matter. Where I felt like um, I had to... Um, be the person who's like, look at me, look at me, look at me. Cause there's a lot of us who are like, look at me, look at me. And many of those people who you, you notice they post about themselves all the time on social media, or they just posting random stuff. You're like, girl, why did you even post it? Like they're doing it for attention. But the reason why they're doing it for attention is because some of the root of that is they, they had someone in their lives that was emotionally, it, they were emotionally unavailable. They had emotionally unavailable parents. So they were always raving for attention, attention, attention to get their parents to see them. Like all of these things stem from like childhood or like some point in your life. But what I'm trying to say, 
is you have to heal. <laughs> you have to find the root of that thing, but also give yourself grace to know that you are good enough. Like you are exactly where God wants you to be. Um, because we, and sometimes it's good to pull back from social media. Let me put it there because we're surrounded by so many people online, offline who they show their highlight reel, like they're doing an amazing job. And so you're like, okay, well, I started my business around the time that they started, or I'm 31. So similar to me, I posted this a while back. I don't know if you guys know Maya Elias, but she start, she turned 31 and I'm 31. And I think the first quarter, she had like a million dollar, uh, a million dollar uh, revenue in her business. And I was like, Toya. And then what the enemy wanted me to do, he was like, where would you be if you didn't have kids? Imagine where you would be um, if you, you know, if you, if you didn't have kids, if you would have, you know, prioritized these different things. And he got, he tried to get me into a place where I was really like, like, I wouldn't say hating myself, but disliking myself for where I was. Wow. That's so good. Right. Because we look at people who are our age, even we live in a social media generation where it's like 23 year olds, like on YouTube, <laughs> TikTok, making like millions of dollars. dollars. And I'm like, what? Even the, the toy guy, the, the what is his name? <gasps> the, the toy, the little toy key. I forgot his name. But yeah, the Ryan reveal or something like that. My daughter watches him. Ryan's toy reveal. Like he, he's like, hey, he makes like like multi-million dollars just doing YouTube videos. Like, but that's the generation that we live in. So we have to remind ourselves of the truth that God has when it comes to us. Like God has not forgotten about us. Like, right, their life, yeah, they may be doing amazing in life, but what does God, remind yourself of what God promised you. Yeah. And so, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm saying we're so focused on like other people and and we're not taking the time to actually work on ourselves and to do exactly what it is that God has called us to do. And one thing I always say is like with Superwoman, like you've been saving the world long enough. It's time for you to save yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, you know, when you, when you really, when you said how like the enemy will literally try to, um, was trying to get you to doubt your worth and what you've done and get you to discourage that if you weren't a mother, where would you be? Like, how dare you? Right. Um, but, and it, and it even shows the way of like how, you know, God's thoughts and you know, the enemy's thoughts Mm -hmm. and how quick when you're intuitive and when you, um, when you even just spend time with God, you know, his voice Mm -hmm. and you know how, this is not my father. And I do not believe lies because that's all, that's all that the enemy was trying to do was distract you from your purpose. Mm-hmm. Because once he distracts you from your purpose, he's one. And I think it's so, I'm not, I think, but I know it's so important to know the difference between God's voice and the enemy's voice. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we as Christians, um, women, entrepreneurs, whoever, like we get in the space of like, if those, if those thoughts, we think that those are our thoughts, like whatever comes to our mind, we feel like those are our thoughts. And that is not true. Mm-hmm. You know, like the enemy has the ability to come into your thoughts, but it's up to you to cast those away. Exactly. And so, um, and so I've been, I've been in this space where I've been literally asking, just being intentional because I, I do sometimes, um, fall in that space where I will, um, compare myself to other people. Like you said, like Maya, like everybody knows Maya, but Maya has a story and Maya has been an entrepreneur for a long time. And she just, you know what I mean? So it's, it's those little things that a lot of times that I, which I don't like about social media. We, we only see, like you said, the highlights, Mm -hmm. you only see what they're making, but you don't see Pop the the health struggles that they had to go through or the battles that they had to face in um behind the scenes and so I think sometimes as just in as people in general don't get hung up on what you see right because people are only showing you a preview of of a, they only they're only showing you an angle of what they want you to see right it's an angle literally it's not even the full picture of what it is and so, um, 
as I mean, shoot, as a as a believer, like it's our job to fix our thoughts on God. It's our job to fix our like our eyes on him. Cause think about if our eyes are constantly on God, they're not about, they're not on us. Right. Mm -hmm. And if our thoughts are not on us, God can do what he does and God can do what he does through you. If your eyes are solely on him and not on your neighbor and not on what someone else is on what someone else has. And I like how you said, like, sometimes it's good to step away from social media. And I say this too, as a social media strategist, like, I don't be on social media like that. Like people, you know, I do not because I know myself. I know that I have a certain type of personality and I know that with certain things aren't good for me. I need to make sure that what I'm putting in my spirit, what I'm putting inside my mind, my subconscious, I need to be intentional about that. And if I'm scrolling on Instagram for an hour a day, Think about all those spirits, all those thoughts that are coming inside of me. Like literally I'm depositing those thoughts, people's captions, all that energy onto like inside of me. And if I'm not being, if I'm not intentional, I will start to think on what someone else has versus what my, what my God says I have and what my God says he has promised me. So I just love that you, that you were just open to say like, yeah, shoot. I, I compare myself too, but the thing is like, I know like that was the voice of the enemy. And mm-hmm. that's the thing that I think as entrepreneurs, like as Christians, we need to get more strong into, I know my, I know my father's voice and I know the enemy's voice. Mm-hmm. And so when, when it sounds, doesn't sound like my father, then I know not to entertain those thoughts. Definitely. And so as a mindset coach, we focus heavily on like the cognitive triangle and so we know that like you know the things that you're thinking becomes your feelings and emotions and then that leads to your behaviors and one thing that I add to that um after behaviors is that the behaviors that you constantly do turn into habits mm-hmm. um and so within Saving Superwoman Academy what we do is help the women unlearn those habits that no longer serve them mm-hmm. um because those behavior you constantly a behavior that you constantly do turns into a habit but as you walk it back like it shows you how powerful your thoughts are. Yeah. And so it's very, very crucial that you spend time with God so that you know what his voice actually sounds like <laughs> so that you know when the enemy is speaking, okay, no, nah, that's not God. That's that's the enemy. Yeah. Um, being able to know the difference between the two requires you to seek God's face and to develop a relationship with him. Yes, 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 yes. Um. When you said that, it made me think about like the intentionality of being present, right? Because we have this life where we're on the go all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a mom, you know, you're trying to take care of your kids, you're trying to take care of your business, you're you're just, you're just, you're always on the go, right? And um, I've experienced this because as far as I'll have a thought or the enemy will try to put a thought in my head and I will actually like entertain the thought versus pausing, right? This is not even, this is not, this is not for me or this is not from God, right? So how can we be intentional with being still when certain things come to us, right? When those thoughts of comparison, when those thoughts of trying to save everybody, when those thoughts of, I need to do this myself, like, how can we get in the space where we're like, wait, let me pause. Let me take a step back because right now that's not what this is. Or how can I do this differently than I did previously, right? So how can we be more just still in our decisions rather than reacting? And and um, yeah, like what, what would you say about just being more intentional about being still and being like, present with your thoughts versus responding and reacting um off of just emotion and feeling and all those things definitely the first rule of thumb I would say is to keep your eyes on your own paper um and when I say that I mean focus on you and what you have going on the things that you have accomplished and the thing that just take it back to Maya when the enemy put that thought into my mind like (laughs) crazy this is just me, my sense of humor. When I know it's something of the enemy or I know it's a thought that's going to take me down the wrong path, I, I'm self-aware to know that like, okay, this is a negative thought that's going to try to spiral into something else. So I just yell out, not today. 
<laughs> because that lets me know that this is like a negative thought. I'm not doing this today. I don't have time. I think I learned that from, it's either like, I think it was Mel Robbins or Glenn, Glennon Doyle. One of them, they said like, you know, say it out your mouth when you hear, when you feel the thought coming, like just tell the thought like not today or not, I'm not doing this right now. But the key to this is being self-aware. Like, where are you? What are the good things that you're doing? Reminding yourself of, right, where you are, like yeah. the great things that you're doing, like what you're grateful for um, and not allowing your mind to trickle down that way. But also when it comes to being self-aware and being present with your thoughts, it's it's being honest with yourself. Um, and I, I, I'm going to take you here and the Lord loves me and I love him too. But I feel like a lot of times within our Christianity, a lot of people tell, tell us to, you know, pray about it or to do these things, but they let, leave out the part of that. Like, these are, re- these are real emotions. Like, you know, some days I'm not going to want to pray. Right. You know, some days it's a dark day and I honestly don't know the words to even say, like, I don't even know how to get out of the bed. Like, I feel like that part is, 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 is left out sometimes. Yeah. So that's where the self-awareness comes into place. Like you being honest with yourself. Okay. I'm not feeling this today. Like I'm having a dark day. Let me go open up the curtains. Or one thing, like I taught my daughter, like, because I do experience anxiety, like, and so she's eight, she'll be eight this year. And so one thing that I have her do is like one of her things that she does in the morning, she goes around and she opens all the blinds. She just thinks she's opening the blinds. But for me, you're letting the light into me. Like you are, right? You are like shifting my mood on the days where I am experiencing anxiety or I'm feeling dark. Like that's what you're doing. But she doesn't know that. Right. But that's just being self-aware to be honest with myself to know that like, hey, it's okay to feel this way. Just don't stay there. And so one thing when I was diagnosed with postpartum depression as I had, when I had my son, it was hard for me because I was like, girl, you are the leader of a mental health awareness movement. And God was like, okay, I need you to go tell the people what you're experiencing because you are overqualified, <laughs> you know, even though the enemy is telling you that you're not qualified based on, you know, you being diagnosed with depression, like you are overqualified because you can go speak to these people and they're experiencing the same thing that you're experiencing. And now they see you as a safe space. And so just reframing the negative thoughts and just speaking positivity over them. I love that. I love that. Um, and what made me, this, this thought came about when you were saying like how um, just being self-aware, right? Being self-aware of your feelings, being a self-aware of how you feel, your emotions. And um, one thing for me, I would say in my experience growing up and, you know, my mom, you know, my mom, I live with my mom, but I might go, go to my dad's on the weekends, right? So I had like a, you know, I had both of my parents, but, you know, stay with my mom majority of the time. And what I've learned was that um, I wasn't really taught to, I wasn't taught, how, how would I say this, um, how to feel, right? So I, I don't know certain feelings that I feel sometimes because it's like, I don't know how to identify this feeling, but I know I feel something, right? And so, you know, sometimes we only are, you know, we, we know anger, we know I'm mad. I'm, you know, I I'm happy. I'm sad. Right. I'm mourning. Right. But I'm enraged. Right. Or, um, I'm inferior. Like I feel like I'm it's pain behind my, my feeling or whatever the case may be. So as an adult growing, like as an adult right now, it's like, I wasn't given the opportunity to identify or learn my emotions you know, just the surface ones, but not all of my emotions. So sometimes when I feel down, I'm like, this don't feel, obviously this don't feel right, but I don't know what this is. And it wasn't until, um, I was, let me see, I think it was probably a year and a half ago, two years where I, um, I was at my, I was at my job nine to five and I thought I loved this job, but turns out I did not. Um, and I was experiencing a lot of anxiety and I didn't even know literally what I was, what was going on. I had to call my friend cause I was in this, I was hosting something at the time. Actually I was at an event hosting an event, one of my events back in Detroit. And I, my body literally just like starts shaking everywhere and I couldn't breathe, but I had to still perform, right? I still had to do what I had to do, but I, my body like went into shock, like, hey, 
I've been sending you alarms. I've been sending you messages, emotions, like I've been sending you signs, but you failed to recognize or you failed to realize what was going on. So now I'm about to send a whole, you know, big alarm system right now because you have been neglecting me. Your my body was literally telling me in my emotions, I you've been neglecting me and I need, I need some attention. I need some healing. Right. Mm-hmm. And um and even with that being said, it wasn't until like, you know, the praying, praying is a make like praying. Yes. Pray to God. But there's still things that you need to do um, outside of that to take care of yourself emotionally. And like, yeah, you do. And so um, for me, like when you said, I, I now when I have those moments where I feel anxious, where I feel like my chest is about to blow up, where I feel like I can't breathe my next breath, you know, experiencing these things and these thoughts. I'm aware and I'm feeling it, but I also choose to pause. I choose to say, I guess, God, maybe I just, I should just listen to my body today and not work today. Maybe I'm just going to sit here and rest or just sit here in your presence or sit here and just watch a movie or sit here on the couch and just like drink some tea. Like I just need to sit because I, I need to listen to my body. And I think a lot of times when we are neglecting our emotions, it triggers into our bodies, right? Which is why, you know, a lot of health issues or whatever, when we're not well in our minds and our, you know, yeah, when we're not right in our minds, it tends to trickle down into our, it tends to show up in the physical. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. Add to that a little bit, because I did hear you mention Um, your parents, I feel like one response that a lot of our parents gave us um, is, oh, you'll be okay. Yeah. And so what that did was we we never learned how to manage our emotions. Mm -hmm. And so what that did was force us to strive to be happy all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what that caused is that we're so busy being trying to strive to be happy, but it causes us to run from the other emotions because we feel that they're bad because they're unknown. Like we, yes. we don't know what to feel besides happiness. And so when we feel something different, it's like, oh, no, no, no. Let me move from over there. Let me go back to being happy. Um, and so we never man- learned how to fully manage our emotions with therapy and coaching, all of that thing. All of those things are very fundamental, yeah. I feel, but that's kind of one of the roots of it when, when you speak about not knowing how to manage your emotions. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And, um, I girl, you over here got me going. I feel like I'm in a therapy session. I really do. I feel like I am, but, um, and I appreciate this conversation. It's so good. And it's so neat, especially, um, I feel like now, like even with like, you know, everything with COVID and just, and who says like, um, this is so, this is something that I feel like the Holy Spirit is dropping into my spirit, but like, who says that you're supposed to have a good day every day? The Lord said there will be a season of what and a season of what? Okay. So if there is, I'm sorry, if there, if, if God already said what it was like, you ain't going to be happy all the time. Like you're not, but you're going to, but what you are going to do, you have me and that's going to be enough. Right. It's, I wouldn't say enough. It's going to be what you need. And so, um, I, what I'm just gathering from this conversation is being intentional with yourself, being intentional about, um, paying attention to yourself, paying attention to your emotions. And even when you're having a not good day, that's okay. It's okay not to have those good days. It's okay to have a good day, have a bad day. It's okay to, you know, we're we're literally humans. Like that's the difference between us and other species. Like we have emotions. Like literally that's what makes us different. We have emotions and we have a brain and we can like, you know, like, and why not, why not be in that space where like, hey, like being, like, like you said, like just being conscious and being in the now, like, today is today. I need to just be intentional. Like, I don't, I don't know if this is the day and that's okay. Like it's okay not to have a good day. And it's okay. Because I think what you were saying, like we've been taught to like neglect those bad feelings or neglect those, those rough days and always try to be happy. But if we're always trying to be this one thing, like what is life? If I'm always seeking 
And if I don't get that every day, now I feel like I failed today. Now I feel like I'm failing as a person. I'm fe- I feel like I'm failing as a Christian because I couldn't encourage somebody today or I couldn't, you know what I mean? Like now I'm measuring my worth or measuring how good of a person or how good of a whoever that I, I am or I could be versus of what I was told, I guess. Exactly. But the measuring stick that a lot of us use is the measuring stick of people. <laughs> you're so right you're so right you're so right you're so you don't you don't feel good so okay you're gonna force yourself to show up but it's like you're showing up to please the people right wow and I I think that's what we don't realize that's so good so what would you say okay closing statements I know I know guys we probably have part two because this is so good. So what are some closing statements that you have on um, how to overcome that, um, those comparisons, um, the neglecting ourselves, uh, you know, um, trying to save the world? Like, what are those, what are some things that you have for us that we can take away with today? Definitely. I have a few. Um, the first one is it's, it's okay not to be a good girl. Oh, and I'll, I'll elaborate on that because it may sound a little different. But the reason why I say that is because putting others before ourselves is a normal thing that we've been taught, right? So we've been taught to be this good girl who strives to be perfect and never says no. Right. And so it's okay not to be the good girl. It's okay to implement boundaries and stick with them. It's okay to accept and ask for help because that's why God put other people on this earth to help us so we right. won't have to do everything on our own, yeah. right? It's okay to please yourself, give right. yourself permission to please yourself, right? We've been trying to please other people for so long. Give yourself permission to please yourself. What do you like? Who are you? What makes you happy? Find those things and then focus on those and also strive to become more self-aware. Um, so whatever that looks like for you, being honest with yourself, that's the first thing. Like, what do you really want in life? Like, not what your mom or dad or grandma wants for you. What do you really want in life? Because uh, many of us, we went to schools our parents wanted, wanted us to go to. We were even in marriages that our parents wanted us to be in. So it's like being honest with yourself. What do you really want? That's good. And create a plan to actually get there. Um, and so with Superwoman, y'all already know what I'm going to say. Like, drop your cape, right? Because the cape is costing you. You can still live an abundant, a happy, peaceful, loving life without sacrificing your sanity and your success to save everyone. So put yourself first, girl. Love it. And so where can people find you on, you know, Instagram? How can people find you? Yeah, so I'm on all social media platforms as at Tahoya Talks. Um, You'll see how to spell it in the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) At Tahoya Talks. And then also um, my mental health awareness movement, Hey Girl Hill, um, we're on all social media platforms as Hey Girl Heal. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. I really enjoyed myself. I feel like, again, like this was a therapy session that I needed, that I've been missing. And I appreciate you for just uh, sharing your expertise and just sharing your story with us. I truly do. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. Thank you.